Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. On July 20th, a lot of us went to go see the new Batman movie. Um, and it was supposed to be a joyous occasion. In fact, we, our biggest fan, Alex Sullivan, yeah. we know as Sully, um, sent us a tweet about three hours before the movie saying he's getting excited for the countdown to the best movie of the summer. And we went into the movie expecting that as well while we're sitting in the movie. He also sent us a tweet about um, one hour till the movie starts. This is going to be the best birthday ever. Um, for those of you who have been following us for a while, know that Alex is um, probably our biggest fan. Oh, definitely. Um, he is a guy who every week would send a tweet to us, send us an email. Um, he would contact me on Facebook all the time. And... Uh, the, the, it's so surreal this next part and I haven't talked about it too much since it happened mm -hmm. but I don't really have to reiterate what happened um, that day um, I, I do remember coming home and we recorded the podcast at 4 in the morning and my wife came out and said that there was a shooting in Aurora I didn't put two and two together at first well because we didn't know I mean I didn't we, know where we Sully didn't know. lived and, and, I, you know, I, I, I did know that he worked at the Aurora movie tavern Oh, yeah. Um, I knew that wasn't the movie theater he went to, but, you know, you don't connect the dots right yeah. away. Well, and just in general, like, you know, our first thought is, of course, to our families and our friends who don't live in that area. And, of course, exactly. we're not we're not used to being in a podcast and having people in other parts of the city. And um, so it, it just never – it wasn't where your your mind first goes. It doesn't. And so we we recorded the podcast, and we, we watched it, and we commented it on earlier, and – Unfortunately, we mentioned in the last podcast, the tweets Sully sent us as well. Yeah. And uh, I went to bed and I was awoken, um, oh, I don't know, maybe about 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning with a tweet um, from somebody that says, 
hey man, Sully's missing and he only tweets you guys. Um, I didn't know what it meant. Brad sent the tweet out saying, hey, Sully, people are worried about you. If you, could you just please respond? And I, so I woke up and I couldn't sleep now. And so I, I'm watching the TV and I said, this can't, it can't be right. You don't. So I went on Facebook and I, you know, I, I looked at Sully's Facebook page and people were asking where he was at. I, it started getting really bad when I got a call from the Wall Street Journal on our Google Voice saying that um, you knew one of the victims. That was the first way, was that the first time you figured it out? That's when I figured it out because one, obviously the press knew. Um, I still had hope that it wasn't true. I, I really struggled and I, went, I remember going in and um, telling Laura, my wife, that I said, hey, you know Sully, our, a guy who uh, tweets us all the time and says stuff to him on my Facebook page. I think he's um, one of the victims. And I was really hoping that he was just, unfortunately, someone who got injured. Yeah. Um, but as the day went on and I got more um, tweets and messages and things from media, I mean, I knew it wasn't right. And then we were given that fake story that someone who was searching on the web saying that Alex saved his wife and was in the hospital while everyone was looking for him. And um, it it turned out not to be true. Um, unfortunately, Sully was one of the 12 people that was murdered watching The Dark Knight, a movie he really wanted to watch. On his birthday. On his birthday, a movie he... <laughs> movie he looked forward to a lot obviously he not only tweeted us that week but talking to him um leading up to it he was very excited about it mm-hmm. um i don't know man it, it really got to me this week it really bothered me yeah um one because i didn't know what to do with it i really didn't i, I it sounds bad but being the host of the show and kind of being the voice of real nerds I get bombarded with this stuff and I'm not taking anything away from you guys because you felt it too. Um, But, you know, having to relive that tweet over and over again because it's connected to my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, The best birthday ever. Dude, it just broke my heart, man. And and the thing that pissed me off so much about it, uh, what made me angry is some douchebag decided that he's going to ruin movies. That, that's what he decided. And, um, it just it sucked. I I can't even describe um, how it felt. I couldn't I couldn't put two and two together. And then you know it's just it's just one of those things I can't. In my heart of hearts, I can't picture going to a movie, which we do every week, mm-hmm. sometimes at midnight, and just some lunatic leaves the theater and comes back and just massacres people mm-hmm. with no regard for who they are. Solely celebrating his twenty seventh birthday. He didn't make it. A six-year-old child did not make it. Um, dude, it sucks, man. Yeah. I, I can't even quantify it. I can't... I don't understand. I don't understand people's thought process. And uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, James, uh, you, you wrote something about it, too. Yeah, I mean... Um, it. Sorry, even now I get all emotional thinking about it. Yeah, no, it it's... Um, it's crazy. And, you know, it. it's hard because, of course, we're coming from this place where, like, we only knew this guy for a month and a half. Um, 
but it was awesome and like we were already you know um we looked at him as being a part of the show in a lot of ways um even in its nascent uh development but uh you know, I, th- I think, man, one of the hardest parts about this whole thing was uh, a couple of days ago, one Wednesday, um, they the Denver posted an article where they were talking about uh, uh, Sully, and um, and they, you know, obviously the guy writing the article knew him personally. It was it was a great article. It's very good. Um, I, I suggest that people go and find it. Um, and he kept talking about there were two things, there were two specific things that he kept addressing that that just tore me apart. Um, one of which was they kept talking about like, well, he was the kind of guy who you'd you'd see him and he would give you that this big bear hug that would just make everything better. And you guys know me, mm-hmm. but that is my thing. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, I, I not only do I want to be that, but I wanted that hug from him. Mm-hmm. Like I, but beyond that, and this is going to be really weird. But, you know, we do a movie podcast and that's how I relate to people. But they were talking about the fact that this this whole thing of him going to movies on his birthday started years ago uh, when he was a kid. And the first time that they did it was to go see The Rocketeer in theaters, which you guys know I I so dearly love. Um, and and I was like, well, Sully and I never talked about The Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. Like, he was way into Batman. Like, I wanted to have that conversation with him all of a sudden and then knew that I couldn't. And it, it was like every... Every time that I read something, it was like having this this wound that shouldn't be that big. We only knew him for a month and a half. It shouldn't hurt this bad. Um, but every time I would read something like that and I would learn more about this guy that we didn't know well enough, it was like, uh, no, like we can't, we didn't have enough time. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell the story of how we met Sully. Um, because I got a lot of um, positive response for it. And if you don't read my our, our blogs on realnerdspodcast.com, then you won't know what I'm talking about. So I'll I'll, re- I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story. And James, you, can, you you were there as well. Yep. Um, Mile High Comics does an uh, auction uh, once a month, every couple months. And they were doing a special one for the Denver Comic Con. And I decided I was going to go. And I, I believe you were already there, James, and... Um, I came in and the line was really long, which I expected, you know. And so we made the conscious effort to wear our Real Nerds t-shirts. And so I pull into the, their parking lot there and I, you know, I walk up and, and this big guy, I mean, he's like your size, James, you know what I mean? He's yeah. seriously like 6'4". He was thinner than I was. He'd, he'd been working <laughs> on his shape better than I had. Uh, and I, dude, I'll never forget, I I walked up behind him and I said, oh man, this is crazy, huh? This is awesome. And he turned around with like the biggest smile, and he's like, yeah, dude, I love this stuff. And he looked down, and he said, hey, what's Real Nerds? And so I told him we're a podcast that we do every week. We go see a movie, yada, yada, yada. You guys know the story because you're in it. Um, and so he said, oh, cool, man. I I'd, I'd love the podcast. I said, yeah, what comics do you like? He says, oh, my favorite character is Nightwing. I said, Nightwing? Sully, you're wearing an Avengers t-shirt, and your favorite <laughs> character is Nightwing. That's like brand portrayal right there and he said nah dude uh the avengers movie was kick-ass and nightwing's my favorite character <laughs> and i said oh sweet man so uh, what are you doing here are you participating in the auction he said no i'm just here i have a list uh my dad and i are looking for some comics and some a couple other things i said cool man so we as we were walking up we we're uh laughing because we both had wives and we're nerds and all that kind of stuff and right away you kind of felt this 
nerd connection with them. You know what you guys know what I'm talking about when someone oh, yeah. is passionate about movies or comics like we are. You have that connection with them immediately. Well, passionate about anything, it just spills over. It's hard. Exactly. It's infectious. So you know, we go in, and uh, Sully says, "Well, I'm going to go look for stuff." Say, "Hey, cool man, make sure you say hi." You know, before you leave. He said, "Yeah, Ryan, I'll do that. It was nice meeting you." I said, "Yeah, it's nice meeting you too." Not knowing that he'd actually, you know, <laughs> follow us on Twitter when we only had like 20 followers and uh, liked us on Real Nerds Podcast. And I'll never forget. I I walked away and I didn't know you guys were there yet. And I I wasn't there. I came in later. Oh, you came in later. Yeah. So I uh, I was just hanging out with around the food and craft service table. I don't know what you call it at the auction. And James, you came up to me and you said, "Dude, I just had a great conversation with a guy named Sully." I said, "I had the exact same conversation." Oh yeah, because I we had we had I had come in and I'd gotten my shirt and I was walking around in in the shirt and he saw the shirt and acted like he had been listening since day one. Like, exactly. Like, he turned to me and he's like, "Hey, real nerds!" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And I started to do the pitch and he was like, "You know, no, no, you don't, you know." Like he already knew and I, yeah. it, it blew me away. And that's part of what's sort of special about this is that he was sort of the and I said this in my blog like. You know, we did went to Comic Con and we're trying to do all this promotion. And Sully was like the that that first strike of success. Exactly, like he was that moment where you're like, wait a second, there's people who don't know us in real life who like this. Exactly, and And I I said in in my story too about Sully. I we were at the Comic Con the next day, and I mean the first day was crazy um, setting up the booth. And I'll never forget, man, him coming down that hallway and saying dude, your booth is awesome <laughs> or something to that effect. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. Cause you're right. It was a connection that he did so well. And, um, it was amazing. We gave and, him a shirt and we gave him a shirt I went and sought him out on the comic con floor. Cause I was like, if anybody's going to have one of our shirts, it's gotta be this. It's guy. gotta be Sully because he made us feel so good about what we were doing. Yeah. And he didn't laugh at us, you know, <laughs> uh, because there's times People, where I wait. questioned us, you know what I mean? People um, were laughing at us. Oh my God. <laughs> So it was really cool that he did that. And not only did he do it at Comic-Con, but it carried over every week. If it was waiting for Spider-Man, you know, he knew I love Spider-Man. So he sent me a tweet that he was excited. Maybe he wasn't excited for Spider-Man. He's probably like, fuck Spider-Man. That guy sucks. (laughs) Uh, I doubt it. But uh, my point being is, uh, James is right. He has this way of making you feel really comfortable with yourself. And, you know, it's okay that you like this stuff and... I remember. I remember how excited he was showing me that Nightwing sketch at Comic Con. There's just little oh, things yeah. are, I oh, remember uh, now about him. And I, you're right. I wish we knew him longer. I really do. Um, that this happened is heartbreaking. But the the one thing that made me feel uh, it kind of put my mind at ease a little bit. Of, um, I, I was really nervous about putting out a blog about him. Uh, the point being is, I did not want to be notorious for uh, a friend being murdered. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be known for that. And, I, and, and, you know, to go back to the thing of like, we were not his closest friends. Mm-mm. This is not a well that we can mine for anything. And we, yeah, exactly. Like we didn't want that spotlight. So I was really careful um, with who I talked to. Um, I had Brad come over. He came over and helped me make sure I worded the blog, right? Not that I couldn't do it, but I wanted to make sure I I didn't. I don't know. I didn't. You had Brad come over, not the guy with an English degree. You had Brad come over. (laughs) You didn't want to write something that would draw too much attention to you. You wanted to stay focused on Sully, celebrate Sully's life. Exactly, which I could do, but you know, I just didn't want to ramble on because sometimes when I get upset, I tend to ramble. Um, Even when I type or write, I ramble. Um, So, but one of the coolest things that was so nice is his best friend Brian. 
sent me a, a tweet and saying, hey, man, that story of Sully really touched me. And I want to uh, thank you for sharing it. So to me, that meant a lot that his best friend saw that tweet and thought it was nice. Mm-hmm. And then he sent me a message uh, directly saying that he shared it with Sully's dad. And Sully's dad said that's ju- that that's exactly who Sully was. So to me, that meant the world to me because I was really wor- I was worried. And I kind of wanted to write the story so people would stop bothering me. Didn't work. But I, 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 I wanted to deflect yeah. that attention. I said, you know, we knew him. We didn't know him, you know, obviously as well as we wanted to. Um, but I, I wanted to people know that, you know, even though we only knew him for a month and a half, um, he was our biggest fan, always tweeted us, was always so nice, always sent me messages on Facebook, the nicest messages. He would send me messages like, hey, man, what's up? Dude. I mean, that's just nice. I didn't know that. And that a piece of shh fucking shit took that away from the world is bullshit um so fuck that piece of shit i hope he gets anally raped and his asshole gets so wide Ah, this isn't about that i'm just kidding yeah um uh, you know that part out (laughs) (laughs) but anyways so yeah this is about uh sully and just so you know um people listening right now we have uh a fundraiser coming up where we have fashioned very fashionable rubber bracelets, or they are actually silicone bracelets, which you can fashion. Which you can fashion. That's not actually a way to use that word. Yeah, whatever. And uh, they're black and blue, like Nightwing's colors. Mm-hmm. They have Sully's name on it, and seven twenty to remember not only Sully but the eleven other people that were unfortunately murdered. Um, so yeah, uh, I am uh, a general manager for Quito Mexican Grill. And stay tuned really soon because as soon as I get all the bracelets in and as soon as I figure out exactly what me and Qdoba are going to do, we are going to have a fundraiser for Sully's family. And um, and we're also, I mean, we're also going to sell them. Anybody who's listening who wants one, um, we're going to have a way that you can donate and get one of the bracelets. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we can do that. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, what we're talking about right now is a, a minimum donation of three dollars, just because it's to help Sully's family. It's yeah. nothing to do with us. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's all going to their family. Yeah, we've hundred percent, hundred percent. The the cost of the bracelets is paid for. And yeah. Every, so everything else donation. is going to Sully's family. Yeah, and you so. can donate as much as you want. Um, the very minimum is three dollars. Yeah. The very minimum is three dollars. You can donate as much as you want. And like I said, um, it'll be we'll do an on-site fundraiser at a Qdoba Mexican Grill. I'm not sure exactly which one yet. Uh, but I'll keep you posted, and as yeah. soon as I know, um, we'll do it. And you can also get free food from Qdoba for helping out Sully's family. And right now we've got a we've got a few hundred. If we sell those out, we'll make yeah. More, if, I mean, if we sell them really quick, um, I'll I'll make more. Yeah, I mean that's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. I, I want to. I want to help his family. Yeah. So people listening, this is a way um, the real nerds how little much we can do yeah. um, <laughs> is a way I I want to honor Sully. Um, and, One. It, and if you absolutely can't wait, you can still go to givingfirst.org and donate to that charity and mm-hmm. sell the old and donate part to, of it. Yeah, because it helps all the victims yeah. out. So. Yeah. But and uh, the only reason we're doing Sully specific is because he's our number one fan. And yeah. we want to remember him. And that's what all this is for. Yeah. Um, my favorite uh, tweet that Sully ever sent me was um, oh, us is we did a review of Brave, and everybody here talked about how good it was. <laughs> and uh, Sully sent us a tweet that said, the movie Brave, and it suck ass. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was funny. 
Speaking of tweets, it was really good. <laughs> we'd also like to thank all the uh, response, the positive responses, and uh, ex- uh, expressions of love and goodwill towards Sully um, and everything. Exactly. Yeah, we got a, a whole lot of people sending us stuff, so we appreciate it. Yeah, not not necessarily us. Like, unfortunately, we're yeah. tied to it. But there was a lot of stuff like directed towards Sully yeah. and his family, and a lot of good words and kind thoughts and prayers. And so, That's since we can't read all those tweets <laughs> in one show, um, we'll just generally well, thank we'll everybody. Generalize it, yeah. So thanks, and um, so that was our Sully portion to remember Sully. But uh, I do think else? there should be a moment when we say that. Um, there, I don't think anybody who's listening to this should allow a moment of hesitation before they go back to the movies. I don't think they should ever allow themselves to be afraid of going to a movies. Mm-hmm. Don't allow this to taint a Batman movie or Batman in general. Like I will admit, like this week I've been watching Buffy because I I just can't watch Batman the animated series. I just mm-hmm. can't. Um, just because I want to step away from it and not think about it. But you know. I said this in in my blog, like, if we allow this guy to scare us, even though he has been caught and put away, we allow him to have sort of a legacy of terror, which is what he wanted in the first place. So if you haven't seen Dark Knight yet, go see Dark Knight or go Mm -hmm. see Spider-Man or Ted or like there are so many awesome movies to go see. Do not, especially if you're in Denver, do not hesitate to go. Just do even if you have other stuff to do, go see a movie instead. Make a point. Stand in in defiance of this guy. Mm-hmm. Let them know you're not afraid. Yeah. You shouldn't be. Because one guy ruined the party. Yeah. Um, and also, kudos to Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. 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 For Bale coming for out to... Showing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, he... Yeah, and all the celebrities. I mean, I read a story today that a wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers donated a hundred grand oh, wow. to the families. And he didn't know anybody just because his son went and saw The Dark Knight Rises at midnight. And he, and he's like, he felt him. like I had to do something. Man. Warner Brothers forked over a million wow. to givingfirst.org. And yeah. So, oh, wow. So hats off to everybody that's helped. And uh, the Real Nerds will do their little part. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, so yeah, that was in memory of Sully, buddy. Um, yeah. We'll miss you. We'll miss your tweets. Um, but you'll never be forgotten because from now on, this podcast will always be de- dedicated to you, buddy. So yeah, go see movies. Because also, I'm pretty sure Sully would still want you to go see movies because he loved them. So, anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Um, remember that, uh, yeah, we'll do our normal show now. We're going to do a little moment of silence for Sully and everybody else. Um, and stay tuned for the real, real nerds part. Welcome to... Sorry. (laughs) It's so hard to start a show with this guy.
Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my right is... James. To my left is... Brad. And this week, we saw... The Watch. Thank you. I totally <laughs> you forget already? I, I totally like, stopped thinking there for a second. When the movie started, and it starts like in space, I did not know what movie we were seeing. <laughs> it took me a couple of minutes to remember. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I don't know why I stopped thinking there for a second. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Hey, there are several ways you can contact us. You can tweet us, real underscore nerds. You can also email us directly, realnerds at gmail.com. We have a website. Did you know that, Brad? I did. I, I kind of made it. You did? <laughs> what's, the web, what's the website address? I'm just make, checking to make sure. Uh, you can either do realnerdspodcast.com, which, which is you our should. preferred method, or yes. you can go old school and go realnerds.tumblr.com. Both work. Yep, and we also have a phone number, 720-635-737. Nope, nope, start over. Whatever, you, you, you do it then. 720-665. Oh, wait. You don't even <laughs> It's uh, 720-6-NERDS-5 is how you can contact Whoops. us. 663-7375 is the okay. actual number. Say it one more time because I was talking over you. 720-663-7375. You can call us there. You can also like us on Facebook. Leave some messages there. Some people do sometimes. Yeah. Give us your own reviews. Give us your own reviews. And yeah, because we would love to hear them. Ask us questions. Uh, talk tell about us your what, day. Tell us... <laughs> call us dicks we'll yeah know, whatever yeah tell our, especially tell us our podcast sucks whatever if you, if you think that we are wrong just let us know yeah, yeah. please do so guess what guys fan mail so we got a couple fan mails this week um, we did the first one pertains to you obviously you and russell are butt buddies and you have some sort of comic you wrote together i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Uh, I can't believe you've been bringing this up. Um, <laughs> such an inside joke. Um, my uh, friend Jason and I in uh, elementary school would draw disturbing drawings <laughs> of um, characters called Bud and Scud that would constantly, I guess, this is really inappropriate to talk about, they would murder each other. Um, <laughs> so thanks for bringing this up. Uh, in fact, I, we should probably just cut this out because <laughs> it's so stupid. Then what's the other fan mail do we have? The phone call. So this week, we got another phone call. And it's for the review of The Dark Knight Rises. I always forget the Rises part. I always just want to say The Dark Knight. Anyways, here's that phone call. Hey there, real nerds. It's Jesse here again. Just wanted to call in and share my personal review of the movie The Dark Knight Rises. I found The Dark Knight Rises to be a touching, poignant, and introspective masterpiece about the blossoming love and curiosity between two male inner-city youths. The movie takes us through their hardship and struggle as these two must rise above the shackles that society has put forth to ultimately become Dark Knights, as it were, in fight against the stifling and oppressive status quo. I urge anyone who has a heart to go out immediately and see this movie. Thanks. I I missed that part of the movie. I don't, I'm not sure um, he saw the same movie that we did. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't remember the two inner city kids getting together. Unless it's a metaphor for like Batman's a city kid and Bane's kind of city kid. And they're, they're warring, you know, like it's not just their internal struggle. It's, you know, Bane trying to beat Batman and taking down well, Gotham. Well, Batman is rich and Bane is from the streets. So Isn't there a scene where two of those orphans are like making out in the background in Batman? It didn't. Did that hmm. happen? No, I think you're projecting your own thoughts onto the screen, James. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah, that was not the right movie. Yeah. No. So, so please, um, please, if you're gonna if you're gonna call into our show, don't be an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> don't call in. Jesse kind of does have a history of, um, you know, 
getting tickets and then going into the wrong theater. Like for years, he's been telling me Iron Man is about a clown who fights a guy who dresses as a bat. Um, so Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Those weren't even in theater at the same time. Yeah, they were. (laughs) Were they really? Yeah. Iron Man came out in like May. May. And then obviously July 18th. Wow, that was probably a good year. And is Robert Downey Jr. was even saying like is that Batman movie is bullshit. Those? Ours is better. <laughs> Isn't that sad? I remember the dates those came out. No, because <laughs> they're crazy. so awesome that <laughs> they would make you remember. Yeah, it's weird that I remember that stuff. I remember my anniversary, but I remember that Iron Man came out May second. I, mean, I remember your anniversary. Awesome. So that was our fan mail. We do have one more thanks, piece. Jesse. Of, yeah, thanks, Jesse. We do have <laughs> one you. more piece of fan mail. Um, on Twitter, Andy Sharp asked, is the watch greater than Attack the Block? Awaiting the input on the next podcast. Hey, guess what? We're not going to spoil it for you at this section of our podcast. But you know what, sir? We wanted to tease you, so you have to listen to our whole show. <laughs> Two hours from now. <laughs> Two hours yeah. from now. You will hear our review of the watch. So, guys, keep that in your brain. That little nugget. Is it better than Attack the Block? I don't know. Keep that in your brain cavity section. I already know the answer. Yeah, but... You don't want to spoil it. It's no. not like you want to say Rosebud and Hold you it don't in, have James. to. <laughs> Do everything you can. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Think about baseball. <laughs> that was a sex joke. Like what you think about so you don't blow your load is you think of baseball. What? So I wanted you to think of. You, oh. know, you guys don't know that old. His youth? wife was surprised. No, I, yeah, I. You don't know that like, you know, you're totally railing chick and stuff and. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's get into some box uh, office numbers. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is the box office stats. Surprise, surprise. The Dark Knight Rises rose to the top of the box office chart. I wonder how many times people put that in the the heading describing the movie. Do they put it in it? The Dark Knight Rises? Uh, to the top of the yeah, chart? probably every article ever. I anticipated that that would happen, so I've just ignored it. <laughs> you just ignored <laughs> it. Uh, but it had the biggest opening ever for a 2D movie, $160 million, which is nothing to laugh about. That is tons of money. Yeah. Um. And that had a record at IMAX, and which is because it's really awesome in IMAX. If you haven't seen an IMAX, go see it in IMAX. Absolutely, it's worth the extra money. And even though it didn't blow away the weekend record for just a release in general, it's been doing steady business all week, mm-hmm. um, breaking weekly day records. So, which isn't surprising to me. I actually, um, I knew the Avengers would be a hard record to beat. I mean, beginning of the summer, man. Yeah, I mean, and you have you know six years worth of movies working into the Avengers. Yeah. So it, it had a little more momentum going into it. 3D. Yeah. yeah and 3D. Lighthearted. And, um, yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. Did you guys know that he's in that? <laughs> oh yeah. Doesn't he take his shirt off? Oh dude, you know he does. Yeah. Does he in that? I don't think he does. I don't think he does, but I think that that's why you saw it. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, when, um, was it Mark Ruffalo's character? Bruce Banner says, uh, is everything a joke to you? And he says, it is when it's funny. <laughs> I love Robert Downey Jr. So that was a good line. I need to find more of his movies, but I'm really scared to purchase them. Because <laughs> you found some awful ones. <laughs> I uh, I found a few, but the yeah. Anyways, so thanks Box Office Mojo for <laughs> reporting the Dark Knight Rises box office numbers to us. Go to that website; it's a cool website. And now for Blu-ray and DVD releases. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Light week, light week in Blu-ray and DVDs. Um, we have the Hatfield and McCoys, which I missed, which I kind of want to see because James, you said it was really good. It was really good. I will probably buy that uh, maybe once the price comes down to twenty bucks, and then uh, you can borrow it. Awesome. 
and also Total Recall again comes out on Blu-ray. Um, but I think they have a th- there's some commentary by Schwarzenegger on it that's really f- that they made fun of on the internet before. Is like that he, that one? That's he, awesome. he would say that that was the Running Man. The most obvious thing he I guess he he must do it in a lot of them. He says, "Yeah, yeah, I I'm think a construction worker. This is my job, or something." Like whatever. he just he just narrates <laughs> during yeah, yeah exactly during what's happening <laughs> on screen during those those early Schwarzenegger movies that's when they were doing commentaries. That's all he would do. Uh, say like this is the scene where I do this. <laughs> this is the scene where I fight the predator. <laughs> then to hell if you don't like this commentary, then to hell with you, <laughs> dude. We do am- amazing Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a really good. Uh, you guys make fun of my Connery, dude. Your Schwarzenegger needs lots of work. Oh, <laughs> it needs to be like this. <laughs> that actually sounded really good in my head. That, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't bad. So at all. there you go. Yeah, you should do the rest of the show like that. <laughs> I am not. Remember when we did a whole podcast as sportscasters and it gave me a headache. That was exhausting. <laughs> it was. I don't think I could do one as well, the fastest way to kill a podcast is to do the entire thing as Schwarzenegger. So. The last movie that I'm going to mention is something Brad's looking forward to. And I already know how his list for the favorite movies of the year are going to go. It's going to go Moonrise Kingdom and then Father's Day, which is a trauma movie, is finally coming out after a month and a half delay? Two months? Two months, yeah. Two months delayed is coming out. Well, as far as I know, I mean, I could have pre-ordered it after they'd already delayed it at three months, so. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> James has it up on the Amazon. Is it four or five stars rated? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's five uh, stars. telling you guys. It's five stars. Rated. How many people have reviewed that movie? Uh, three people have three reviewed people? it at, at at five stars. I'm gonna make it four. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, only three people reviewed it. Oh, so uh, Brad's gonna share that with us when it happens. Oh yeah, we're gonna have oh, a party. Good. So you can go to Digital Bits and look at all the. Oh, you're gonna say something? Yeah, else? I can't let that be the last movie we talk about because I can't let a week go by. Uh, with a release of Sand Sharks coming out, and we Wait, don't mention it. What? This is a movie where there's sharks in the desert swimming in the sand, <laughs> and they come up and eat you if you're wearing a bikini. Sand Sharks. You guys are busting my balls about Father's Day. Look at this guy's talking no, about. I'm not going to see this piece of shit movie. I just need to see the cover where there's a shark like Jaws swimming up at a lady, but the shark's in the Except sand. Except that looks like more of a... A tiger oh. or a mako shark? I can't really tell. No, from it's here. a gray shark. See all the see all the extra teeth coming out on the outside. Yeah, yeah, it's no. So it, actually, what I realize light. now is it it's a shark. That what it, it's adapted so that when it swims up to the beach, if you run under the beach, you're so not it's safe. Like tremors? It's gonna swim into the sand and get you in the sand at the beach. Dude, that is terrifying. You're not even safe on the land anymore. That's, That's awesome. Dude, twenty four ninety nine on DVD. What I want to not freaking see that off. movie. Yeah. Anyways, speaking if, of, sorry. Speaking of sharks, uh, Time Lord. 163 on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. who just followed us today. Uh, your pick is hilarious. <laughs> that guy punched the shark in the face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Nice. So you can go to Digital Bits and then click on the DVD art, and you can order from it directly from Amazon. But by doing that, you support the digitalbits.com. You should do that because I love their website. Even their little blogs they put on there are pretty fun. Come on, people. Wet their beaks a little so they can keep yeah. giving us DVD information. So we don't have to scan them in a computer and look them up, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So guess what time it is, guys? Unspool that real news. It's real news. James, what uh, what real news do you got for me? I got a couple things. Some stuff cool. is cool, some stuff is not. But it we'll better try to be positive, it. I swear. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I no, swear it. on all that is holy. <laughs> it is almost all positive. First thing I want to talk about, and I only want to talk about this first because I think it's important. Um, Wild Blue Yonder, which we talked about with Zach Howard. Uh, it's a comic that he's doing next year um, and is the reason he's taking a hiatus from comics, sort of, or just doing covers for a little while at least. Um, they, 
I thought that it was going to be all fully funded and everything, and he didn't talk about this at the con, so I assume this is a new thing, but they're doing a Kickstarter for that that book. Um, so they, they've got about 12, well, they have, as of today, 12 days left. Uh, they're trying to get $12,000, and they're just about $8,000, so they're close. But if you heard that interview and you thought it sounded cool, please think about giving them some money. Just If you pitch in like five bucks, they give you a copy of it digitally for free, the first issue. So if you thought you were going to pick up the first issue anyway, you might as well just give them the money now. And then that way they make the book and you get it. Um, so go check it out. If you go to Kickstarter and just search for Wild Blue Yonder, it comes up um, and the art is really cool. And it's got a video with a voiceover by Zach Howard whose voice sounds <laughs> like it should be doing voiceovers. It sounds it's like really this. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manly, uh, not like me, where it's kind of, you know, gay. Oh, and if you get, like, they've got a whole bunch of big stuff. One of them is if you give $250, one of the editors at IDW will read your script or review your portfolio, your art portfolio, which is wow. awesome. Nice. Uh, a $250 investment for that is worth it. Hey, if a little kid can write Axe Cop, I can write a comic book. <laughs> a little kid writes Axe, Axe Cop? Yeah, yeah, Axe Cop is written by a, by a six-year-old, or maybe he's seven now. Um, yeah, and so his, his dad draws it. No, his, his older, his older brother. brother. His older brother draws it. And that's uh, why it's crazy. He should read it. Awesome. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the new series just started this week, so I'll give it to you when it when Sweet. I'm done reading it. Um, do you think they'll look at my Circus Domain graphic novel? Wait, donate two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah donate two hundred fifty dollars, and they will I do it. Myself for two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, remember last week when we announced that that the Hobbit's not going to be three movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hobbit's going to be three movies. Um, Peter Jackson is is in talks with the people who have all the money to try and go back and film more stuff because he thinks he's got the material to do to split those two movies into three. Um, which I have a hard time. Like, is not the book like two hundred and thirty pages? He already yeah. shot the end for the second one. Now he's got to keep it going. <laughs> well, the the movies that he shot were shot as one continuous film. Basically, he did it like Lord of the Rings, where he was doing it all at once. Right. So. I mean, I don't know how he's going to do it. Obviously, he has an idea of where he's going to split them. Um, but, and it sounds like the first movie will pretty much go untouched because it's already I know it's due in, in December, the so the second one he's um, going to stretch out into two movies. Yeah, but if he's got enough stuff to do it, you know. Like, I kind of, I, I implicitly block. trust Peter Jackson because the Lord of the Rings movies were great. Um, but I, I admit, I'm where you are, where I'm like, uh-oh. Don't just, like, throw shit in there just because you think, like, well, this will be cool if we can do this, too. Like, you know. Part of what's so good about the Lord of the Rings is that they are as tight as they are. You know, people's critiques are when but it gets three, loose and there's so many endings and stuff like that. But there's three books to draw from, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's um, taking one of them. It's like taking Return of the King and making three movies out of just that one well, book. Well, from the beginning, the, like, The Hobbit was, you know... At first, when they had said it was going to be two movies, they sort of said, well, the first movie is going to be The Hobbit, and then the second movie is going to be an interstitial movie that connects The Hobbit to... Uh, the Lord of the Rings that will be drawn from all of the other stuff that's in the Tolkien universe, um, as if they were making up their own story. And we so really don't know where the walking. Yeah, no, <laughs> we really don't. Anyway, we really don't know where the line's going to be we're drawn. Walk through two hundred, three hundred years. <laughs> God damn, uh, those th- those movies are good. I don't care. No, I think the movies are great. They're a great achievement. It's just I haven't watched them since they came out. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. yeah. You, oh, wow. you should check them out. I'll lend you the Blu-rays. They're beautiful. The f- uh, Fellowship's the only one I've seen like multiple times. Yeah. yeah. You should check them out. They're really good. That second one, man. That second one. Anyway, mm. um, 
I'm still looking forward to it, and I want to see those movies. It's just interesting. I've never heard of anybody doing this, of of voluntarily going back and saying, like, I want to make more movies. You know, World War Z is doing it, but that's because that movie is apparently shit. Or maybe the movie's so great, World War Z, they need to make it into two movies. Yeah. No, that's what they need. <laughs> they need to make World War Z into two movies. One comes out in the summer, other comes out Christmas, Matrix style. World War X, Y, and Z. <laughs> World War Z, too. I just want to talk about this next thing because I think it's funny. Um, apparently, Hugo, you guys remember Hugo. We reviewed it mm-hmm. middlingly. Um, apparently, some guy, and I don't know where he saw it, um, but the story is just coming out now. There's this guy, he's 67 years old, and he says he was stereo blind, which means that like his eyes didn't perceive depth properly, uh, and he went to see Hugo in 3D, and it cured him. What? <laughs> I know. That was my reaction. My reaction was, ah, okay. Um, but somebody says it's Well, true. at least something good came out of Hugo. Yeah, that was my thinking. Um, it went, so he just said the stereoscopicness cured it, right? Yeah. So he could have gone to see any 3D movie. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. But, of course, they're selling it as, like, Hugo is so brilliantly shot, <laughs> and it's it masters 3D in a way no that- one ever has. Can you imagine if, like, that's the way to cure, yeah. like, lazy eyes? <laughs> if it's it like, were true. Like, doctors have been struggling for years to figure out how to do it, and it's just, like, Show people it. Hugo. Yeah. Like, if it were specifically Hugo, like, no other, yeah, that would be awesome. Or just put on a pair of 3D glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Polarized 3D glasses. Yeah. That, that, that's it. Uh, They're, like, what, a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> Millions of dollars in research, and then all it was just a couple plastic lenses. Yeah. And the, the cure to polio is actually an apple. Every day. Um, Aaron Sorkin apparently fired a, a large quantity of the writing staff on the newsroom. Yeah, because it's shit. Uh, no, it's not. You <laughs> you, you even said you didn't like it as much as me, but you liked that episode. It was. It was good. Uh, <laughs> so were they not writing long enough speeches for people to talk? Or well, what, what the is weird going thing on is it... Were they not like, talking fast enough? Sorkin... <laughs> <laughs> no breaks in between anything? Oh, they were carrying on Sorkin burn. <laughs> they weren't carrying on multiple conversations at the same time. Um, we're burning him, but he's the, like way more successful than. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I he's one of my <laughs> idols. I love the guy. Um, uh, part of it is, I think, just that he writes most of the scripts anyway. Um, so so he wants he, all the money. So he's a greedy son of a bitch. No, I mean, if they're not doing anything, um, the rest of you can't do this as well as I can. Or maybe yeah. after he wrote Moneyball, he's like, I don't need these high-paid writers in my room. I can get their brother for a reduced price and have them churn out at least the same quality <laughs> like jason giambi and jeremy giambi <laughs> right and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. anybody no, I... anybody <laughs> Moneyball joke he walked in the room and was like the problem with you writers is you don't get on base <laughs> um it, i really am not afraid of that show going bad because again aaron's working the guy who writes most of the episodes so anyway, why did he so. fire him then uh they're not saying like you know some camps are saying, that, oh, it, you know, he really was mad about it and whatever. Um, but, like, officially HBO is coming out and saying, like, it's not a big deal. This happens all the time on new shows. Like, which is true. You know, like, Walking Dead fired its entire writing cast after the first season. Like, it, it just happens. Uh, and especially when you have a guy like Sorkin who is, you know, has a vision that he wants to see. He's going to be nitpicky about the way that, you know, which writers are there and which ones aren't. So, um, it, it doesn't bother me too much, but people who have been following us because they like the newsroom or also like the newsroom, um, will be interested. And you're already guaranteed mm-hmm. a second season, so I want to... Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, they canceled the killing, and that's all mm-hmm. I have to say Show about that. watched. Yep. Probably a good thing. More money for The Walking Dead and Mad Men. So, 
but in good news, Warner or Fox has decided to do a show with Dan Harmon, who obviously got fired off of Community. Um, I'm excited about anything that he does after this. That's kind of the cool thing about, you know, him leaving community means he can go somewhere else and do something else good. Um, as sad as a new season of bad community will be, but, uh, they haven't said anything about what it is, but, um, it'll probably be good. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece of news, uh, is that Warner brothers first Warner brothers was talking about pushing gangster squad back a couple months. Um, they, they pulled all their trailers from In Front of Dark Knight and other movies for the next month or so, um, basically because if you haven't seen the trailer for Gangster Squad, there is a sequence which, uh, unfortunately, well, no, I'm I'm not going to spoil it for you, but if you read articles about this, they will spoil part of Gangster Squad for you, so be wary. Um, but there's a sequence in the movie where some gangsters attack a movie theater and fire on the on the audience and then walk through the theater the the screen. Um, let me say, I think it's a really cool shot scene, and I was mm-hmm. excited to see that movie. And as you know, oddly close as that will be, when I see it, I will probably still think it's cool because I know that movies are not real. Um, but I think it's still in good taste for them to push it back oh, yeah. a year. Uh, it just sucks because you know, Ruben Fleischer. I was excited for him to do a movie that wasn't about zombies, you know, or pizza delivery guys, or pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, something that wasn't a comedy. I was excited for that, uh, and it looked like it was going to be really cool. And it's a shame that it's one more thing that sort of suffers because of this whole thing. But uh, it's the right thing thing to do, you know. Yeah. They pushed collateral damage back till uh, 2002 after yeah. you know 9/11. You did, and leave that out movie did so well. News. Oh, did I, dude? Rupert Sanders, Saunders, and Kristen Stewart are a thing, and it's caused <laughs> Robert Pattinson <laughs> to leave their house they shared. Yeah. Um, How are they going to go on Twilight press tours together? Uh, How? That's actually... Dude, actually, you bring up a good point. I can't wait for those press tours. <laughs> that's going to be so fun to watch. Uh, if they put them... If they have to, like, you know... If they're ever in the same room yeah, together, that'd be uh, sweet. Uh, they've got to be, because they got to, like, walk down the red carpet together. No, they do. Put of course, the truth smile is... smile and talk about how much they love working together. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like the those old DVD um, EPKs where it's like... Oh man, uh, working with Robert Pattinson was a joy, and then it cuts to Kristen Stewart. I loved working with who's the guy who directs it, Bill Cundin. It was awesome. <laughs> It'll be like the the regal first looks that you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, more talking is, points and a political person. The truth is, they'll probably think it's great because the people who love Twilight will probably love the gossip around the movie and they'll oh, love yeah. when, when they walk down the red carpet and they don't walk next to each other and oh, the drama so good. But you can never tell if she's upset or not. No. Her face never changes. <laughs> that, oh, was the, that was the news for the So was The Hobbit the her. only actual movie news you had? <laughs> no. Was everything about TV? No, no, no. What? No. There was the thing about Gangster Squad. You're a jerk. <laughs> well, hey, I had written down here the Clio Awards. We could have talked about the Clio Awards. Do you want to talk about the Clio Awards? What are the Clio Awards? I don't even know. Are what they about they're movies? The, no, they're, awards, they're the awards for commercials. I was going to throw it in as a joke. Oh. Uh. That's really mean to say about the Cleos, James. The only, uh, thing, I, the only words I care about are the Dundies. Were. I didn't. Uh. <laughs> but now that I know what they are, I am sad that you have uh, disparaged them. Oh, because last year, last week we bored everybody by talking about Emmy nominations for a minute and a half. So I figured, you know, we'd, we'd bless the Cleos with some promotion. 
The Cleos. Oh. Check it out. <laughs> the Cleos. <laughs> what channel? TV Guide channel? <laughs> if you know. I, I have no idea. Find them on the, the internet. commercial channel. <laughs> I don't the watch. Show. And this is the Bud Light commercial that won most appealing to young men, eighteen to thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank uh, my uh, storyboard artist <laughs> and and the director for having a clear vision of what this Bud Light commercial really was. <laughs> I want to thank uh, my wife for giving me the little nugget of an idea to <laughs> <laughs> to have a, a girl in a bikini dance with pom poms while I ran down for a touchdown. Thank you so much. I met you. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. Oh. I should be part of the Clio Awards. See, I was right. We should have talked about the Clio Awards. Yeah. I don't have any of the winners no. here. Now it's time for everybody's part of favorite part of our podcast: stuff we've been watching. Oh wait, no, wait. I'm not gonna do that yet. I'm gonna do the comic book corner. Oh. Because I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna tickle your ear, pussy. I stole that from Kevin Smith. Oh gosh. <laughs> of course, then Brad's just gonna cut it all back together the way he wants it. I know, right? He'll probably just cut out. Like my my favorite thing Brad ever cut out was I'm gonna. T- I, I watch two things. He tells one, and then it just goes into the next <laughs> segment. <laughs> well, the second one was stupid. It was. He and, he'd and been watching all the Twilight movies, and he finally caught up. He with was, and he and said, "How I, dare you." <laughs> I listened to the both commentary tracks, the one with the director and one with the special effects team. I want to know how they got those wolves to talk in that movie. <laughs> Holy crap. Do you think there are commentaries with Kristen Stewart on them? What know. do you think they sound like? Uh, this, this, you know, I was walking through the woods and I was... <laughs> she's like the quiet uh, Schwarzenegger. She describes what yeah. she's doing. Every day on the set's a party and it <laughs> rocked. And you guys are awesome. I love you all. That was just like her. Wow. <laughs> I was mimicking her uh, what MTV movie award experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rupert Sanders really wants to have sex with you right now. Totally. He wants oh, to. Maybe I'll get in the next Snow White movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can have sex with Rupert Sand- Saunders? <laughs> if you're going to have sex Brad with a director. Is no Snow White <laughs> in Snow White and the director. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was good. You were supposed to show our tapes. <laughs> Turn them into a movie. Uh, who's your favorite new kid? Call me Joey. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to have sex with a director. Two Kevin Smith references in one <laughs> podcast moment. If you're going to have sex with a director, don't have sex with a first-time director. Yeah. Have sex with somebody who's going to have a career after this. Well, you know, Snow White was, was his first time. Yeah. yeah, a lot of commercials. I'm gonna knock on Spielberg's door. <laughs> exactly, that's who you have sex with. Comic <laughs> book corner. Sorry, Kate Capshaw. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. So you know how much I love Spider-Man, and usually my comics are superhero ones. This is a superhero one that I think everybody should pick up because it's really well done, mm. and it's called The Rocketeer Adventures. Um, what two. If, two, because they've already did the first one. The Rocketeer Adventures are basically, you take really famous comic book creators, and they each get a, about an eight to ten page story in the Rocketeer, and they just tell little con- self-contained stories, and they're really clever and really cute, and the our, the covers are done by Darwin Cook, so the covers are really cool. Um, Not all of, well, in two, they all, there's always a variant. Yeah, or the the main cover is always Darwin, Darwin Cook, but the variants are always really cool because they usually take Dave Stevens' art and ma- Dave Stevens is the guy who created the Rocketeer, who uh, died about ten years ago, eight years ago, um, of uh, some disease. But I know it's a, that it's a yeah, it's a certain kind of cancer, but I can't remember. Yeah, uh, um, oh, it's like leukemia. It's a, some, I, I think it's a specific leukemia, leukemia though. Uh, but every um, book you buy also donates money to his foundation. Yeah, and so. in fact, the whole thing is a is a um, like a non non not for profit venture where they approach these artists and these writers and they say like, hey, will you do a Rocketeer story? And so we can put it in the series. So um, 
and it's really cool. Um, oh, I, I, the, so my, my favorite one is there's the Rocketeer is on the way to what's his girlfriend's name? I always forget Betty, it. because she, it's actually Betty Page. Like Dave Stevens loved Betty, Betty Betty Page, so he designs his girlfriend to look like Betty Page. Uh, let's see, he's he's Rocketeer. I just I just love the stories. Um, so he's stuck in traffic and he's on his way to her premiere, but on the way to premiere this uh guy holds up this lady at uh, gunpoint and he puts on his rocketeer gear and he swoops in and saves her and um he's like oh man i'm gonna be late picking up me and he picks her up and he he gets uh, an autograph from this lady and he picks up his girlfriend and the lady he saved was judy garland and it's a it's a cute little story yeah um so but- you should definitely pick him up because the art is amazing the the writing is really great, and so it's a you know a smaller comic book, but yeah. really well done. It's one of those that like if you ever see a Rocketeer Avenger, Avenger Adventures on a shelf and you haven't read it, just go ahead and pick it up because it's they're one shots, they're just fun stories. Um, so it's it's you know an easy one to read. It is, and they're really light stories. Yeah, um, they're just fun. They're fun to tell, and the, the characters cool. Yeah, because one, it takes place in the thirties. So yeah, really and cool. I don't think you need to know, like, I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know enough, um, but I don't think you need to know too much about it. It's a no. guy, he's got a rocket pack and a Mauser, and yeah. he shoots people. Yeah, he wears a mask, has a jet pack, and shoots people. Yeah. Mostly Nazis. No, yeah. Nobody has a hard time with that. Fuck the Nazis. Um, yeah. And there's a, they're, they're going to do a continuing run, or a um, continuous story. Kind of in August. Series? An ongoing series, yeah, in August, which I cannot wait for. So yeah, so that's my surprise comic book pick for the week is Rocketeer Adventures. I'm surprised I'm not the one who picked it. Yeah, I, I love I just, that. I love that. Every I month. really got into it. I I did pick up a bunch of trade paperbacks that I'll save for another time, like Mad Love and Deviate. Mm. You know, I, I I'll say as you though, my wife's here. Like, how can you not crush on Rebecca Isaacs? Like, her art's really good. <laughs> she's so nice. She's cute. I don't know. How can you not crush on Rebecca Isaacs? Did and you see that drawing she did of, of uh, um, Jafar? Jafar. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, man, that was There's so good. There was another one uh, who did the uh, uh, malicious, uh, uh, Maleficent. It was really good. Yeah. 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 Um, but my wife talks about how great Vin Diesel is, so I can talk about how cute Rebecca Isaacs is. The only difference is, is I met Rebecca Isaacs. Oh, hey, sorry about that. Whammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, see, now what happens is next year at Denver Comic-Con, Vin Diesel's going to have something to promote, and he's going to come <laughs> out, and it's going to be an egg on your face. I know. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to interview him because if anyone say, hey, Vin, how, what was it like working with Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> That's not fair. I would totally interview him. I want to talk about what kind of stuff he played when he was D&D. Yeah, cool story, James. I, <laughs> he played D&D. I like him. This week on our Denver Comic-Con interviews, we interviewed a young man named Dan. Dan was a really excited nerd to be on our show, and we were excited to have him on our show. Listen to the interview and be excited with us. He is a fan of conventions. He Oh, yeah, that's right. goes he's to a, all of them, and I think he's going for a record, I think. Yeah, he's a, he <laughs> loves going to conventions, and he was really excited about Denver Comic-Con because he was talking about how lame Starfest is. Yeah. And compared to Denver Comic-Con, it is. But I'll see you at Starfest next year, anyways, <laughs> guys. <laughs> give us a table, please. <laughs> give us Starfest. a table. Starfest. Don't listen to our podcast. Just give us a table. Do you think we could become the official podcast of Starfest? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not something I long to be. <laughs> oh. You know what? Well, now we won't be. You can go see the um, bootleg DVD guy and say, hey, we're the official podcast of 
Star Fest. Can we interview you to see where you get your bootleg DVDs emphasis, from? Emphasis on the official part. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. That's James. Brad is down there with the uh, headphones on, and you are? I'm Danny. Hi, Danny. Welcome. Thanks for sitting in. What are you doing at Comic-Con? Uh, everything. Does everything count? It does. <laughs> yes. It does. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if that's possible. There's a lot of stuff here. I... I don't know. I live at conventions. Oh, at yeah? this point, if I could get paid for it, I would. <laughs> but otherwise, I'd be like a professional con attendee. Yeah. It's what I do. I volunteered at a few of them. Mm-hmm. It's, I live at these things. Oh, I so do, I've hit every Denver convention. What is this, what's the stuff that draws you into them? I don't know. I love being a nerd. And like, in general, I don't have like a favorite thing. Like, I just, I sort of figured out I was bad at sports, and then so I set out to become the world's greatest nerd. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm not good I, at football. I must really like comics. Yeah. yeah. No, I like, I, I, I'm an equal opportunity nerd. Yeah. Like, I don't like Star Trek over Star Wars. No. I do like Picard over Kirk, <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's as far as that goes. It's, <laughs> Understood. I like everything. Yeah. My, uh, I don't do things physically, so I figured, why not put my brain to use and learn as much as I can well, in that's a really, lifetime? If you can generalize anything about geeks, which is really hard to do as, as much as people try, passion is the, the one thing at the center of it. It's, it's, just it's, like, it's passion about knowledge. You pick what you love, and then you want yeah. to learn as much. Exactly. You might not want to do anything with that knowledge. Right. But you want to learn as much as you can about the thing. Yeah. I agree. And so uh, is this your favorite convention you've been to in Denver, or what's your favorite convention? It's the first Comic-Con, so I can't really judge it by my favorite convention yet. It's yeah. probably the biggest I've been to. Yeah. yeah. This completely eclipses the rest of them. Uh, no lie for size. Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot of great guests, but um, I don't know. My first convention, Non-DeskCon, which is an anime convention. Right. That's probably still my favorite, just because I have more memories there. Mm-hmm. Um, God, but this one, this one's great. I love Comic Con's great. I, I've always wanted to go to the San Diego Comic Con, but you know, money. So yeah, you can what never did, do it. What did you see this week that was really like? Oh, they're doing it early. The okay, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, they have yeah. a special. I told you to be Stanley. Live right now at the Denver Comic-Con, they have announced that next year's guest of honor is Stan Lee. All right, well, then that automatically buys my next year's ticket. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Can we buy them now? Do you think Real Nurse will be able to interview Stan Lee? Excelsior! <laughs> that'd be, that'd be bitching. Oh, yeah, that'd lie. be awesome. Yeah, what? I don't know. Now, he, now he's just interrupting us on purpose. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so, yeah. so what, what, what's the thing that you've seen here that really like blew you away and made the con for you? Stan, is it? I think it's Stan Lee at this point. I think point. now it's Stan Lee. It's Stan yeah. Lee. Um, you know what? I've uh, some of the costumes and stuff are really well done. Um, uh, the James Marsters panels where in the main events, those were awesome. Did I, you go to both of them? I just went to yesterday's. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I moderated the one today. <laughs> so you oh, missed me. I did. I did. 
I will tell you this about James Marsters. He smells amazing. <laughs> I would assume so, actually. <laughs> That's like what I'm telling everybody. I, I it, it's like a weird thing to say, but it, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He seems like an awesome guy. So. Very nice. Oh, he was yeah. so cool. Uh, a lot of good costumes from all my favorite fandoms, and yeah. it's good stuff. I'm, I've been traveling back and forth between this and then the Denver Pride thing, because so, I have friends and stuff. It's been a busy weekend. And how was Pride Fest? Awesome. Yeah, my wife was bumming because she couldn't go. It's like three blocks away. I know, but she's, she's in charge of being at the booth when I'm not here, so. Ah, all right. All and right. I have to send her out. She's way cuter than me. <laughs> was it huge this year? It's always big. Yeah. Uh, we Denver Pride Fest is the third biggest Pride Fest in the nation. Really? Oh, wow. And fifth largest parade. Wow. So we're actually one of the only ones that have two days. Oh, it was yesterday too? Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. And were you in the we, parade yesterday? Uh, the parade was today. Oh, and no. I thought it was oh, yesterday. I was in the parade, parade a couple of years ago, but I did not want to get up at 8 o'clock. No, oh, Well, we did. Yeah. So, so I'm good. Yeah, we, yeah, we <laughs> had to be here, so... Um, Cool. Well, what are you? Is there anything you're doing online? Is there anywhere people can find you if they want to? Uh, Facebook you want to a or Star Wars: The Old Republic. That's pretty much it right now. Cool. 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 Uh, Do you have a handle we can find you on on the Star Wars of the Old Republic? Uh, you'd have to be on my server, Young Ma, J U N G space M A. It recently got a giant influx through the free server transfers that just came out. Oh so. yeah. And then I'm on there. But I have, like, so many characters. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, if I'm not at conventions, I'm playing MMOs. So if you're not at conventions, then we really can't find you then. Because <laughs> you have so many different characters. So, well, yeah, so what you're saying is we'll just find you at the next con. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. next con, which I don't even know what it is at this point. I think Mile Hot. No, NDK's in September. And I don't think anything comes before that. Oh, okay. Non-desk con. I don't even know what that is. You're, you're more knowledgeable than I am. I go to every Denver convention. Non-desk con is an anime convention in yeah. September. I so. know absolutely nothing about anime. I know everything about everything, so... <laughs> good. So maybe you're a good person to talk to if I show up there and say, hey, if you, if you what's that spiky-haired guy doing? I'd be, like, probably yelling at something or sleeping with something. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right for anime. Yeah. Of all the anime I know, Ninja Scroll. <laughs> is, that, is that not a good anime to like anymore? I have no idea what no, that it's, is. It's, it's, it's legit. I'll give you that. I just I don't know a ton of people that straight up go with that one. I like the rock guy when he takes the machete in his head and blood flies everywhere. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely one of the demon? better ones. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, it's an older one. Honestly, Dude. after James Marsters' second panel, he made me really want to watch Dragon Ball, even though I've never watched <laughs> Dragon Ball. Okay, he, he, he went on a little spiel, and I was just though. like, oh. I don't even know. I think I, even James Marsters doesn't like that movie, and he was in it. I have, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just know that he gave this little spiel about... Uh, about that, the way that that show like portrays men and what it's saying about men, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. You gotta go, honestly. Dragon Ball and then the like the sequel show, Dragon Ball Z, are really good. I would I, check I them may out. Just check it out. I might just. Well, thank you. Thank so you for, much stopping, for stopping by and by. talking to us. And look, uh, if you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You'll get word of your interview when we put it in our show. All right, sounds we good. We have to edit it and put it in, and we don't know yet. All right. Cool. Or if you tell us your favorite movie coming out, you might find it in there. All right. I'll, uh, ooh, ooh, hold on. It's got to be between Spider-Man or The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, so, you know, those ones are filled already. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I kind of figured so. Uh, cause <laughs> only because we talked to the exact producer of Batman on our show. That's the only reason why. You're not being bummed for anybody special except for him. Well, right, just well, the executive producer <laughs> yeah. of Batman. He's not special at all. <laughs> 
And, and the uh, Spider-Man, and you're being owned by uh, 10-year-old yeah. kids who are adorable. Spider-Man so kids. We can't, Spider-Man kids. We can't, we can't oh, pump this. Yeah. Well, what movies are you guys doing? We're that doing all the up? movies. Everything. All the movies? No, well, no, not all the movies. Well, not all We don't know what our schedule is. We don't know what our schedule is yet, but we see a new movie every week. I will say... What's well, coming out like later this year? Like later this year, um, Lincoln. Lincoln. I will do uh, you Abraham Lincoln? Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that one. Yeah, sure. yeah. All right. Cool. Keep yeah. an eye out for it. But well, stay tuned, everybody, for our review of Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> that movie looks awesome. It does. For the record. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you're a nerd like we are. I'm like a super nerd. It's what I do. <laughs> That's all right. We are too. I do nothing with my life except nerd. I know, because it's fun. Stuff we've been watching is the next segment we do. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Dude, I watched a shitload this week. Did you? I, yeah, I really kind of wanted to go away from everything going on, so I I literally just (laughs) trolled Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime just to see goofy crap that maybe I wanted to watch. Uh, The first thing I watched was Stan Lee with Great Power. Which is a documentary about Stan Lee, and it stars Stan Lee, and it's really funny. And uh, Michael Uslin's in it, and uh, what was really cool is they had him interviewing, and it had his name, and below it said comic book historian, which I'm sure huh. he got a kick out of. You know, it didn't say executive producer of Batman. Yeah. Um, and Stan Lee's always really cool. Like, I love listening to him talk, and they had really cute stories with how he met his wife 60 years ago, mm. and that she used to be a model, but she fell so, so much in love with Stan Lee, the, the writer, that um, it was great. And why he changed his name to Stan Lee, um, because he said, I forget his full name, I know it's Stan Lieber, but he, he had his, like a middle name, and he says, who would want to read a story from that name? So <laughs> I needed a name that was catchy. Yeah. Um, and it's great. And he uh, he teases his wife, and it's really funny. I mean, they've been married 60-something years. And the the first shot they has, he walks into you know his house, and he's there with the camera's following him. And he says, uh, hi, honey, you look good today. It's just really cool. I mean, he's you know almost 90, and... Still, still loves his wife. I love it. It's just, really, I mean, it doesn't have any groundbreaking stuff. It's so just cool to see Stan It's on Lee. Netflix? Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. It's just cool to see Stan Lee. Oh, I, yeah. I, I can listen uh-huh. to that dude talk forever. Hey, Stan Lee, guess what? When you're at Denver Comic Con next year, I am the official podcast at Denver Comic Con. Please sit down and do an interview with the real nerds. Just going to throw that out there. Just throwing that out there. Dude, yeah. I would cry. <laughs> and I'll I'd up, I'll love end... to sit down with you, Spider Friend. <laughs> yeah. Dude, having... if he calls me Spider Friend, I'll, I'll mic drop. <laughs> I'll end, I'll end up having to do the interview because he will be in tears. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, dude, I have so many questions I could ask him. And I, I, I swear to gosh, if I get him on the show, I'm going to have him say, Stan, can you please end this interview with Excelsior? And I will. <laughs> if he does that, we'll put it at the end of every podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, so yeah, you should check that one out. I also saw a movie called Runaway, which what? stars Tom Selleck. As a cop. Does he have the mustache? He does, of course, dude. It's 84. Gene Simmons, who looks really young in it. I mean, it's almost 30 years old. Honey, how old is Gene Simmons right now? 60? She doesn't know. So he has to be like late 20s, early 30s. Um, And (laughs) Kirstie Alley's in it. Um, It's written and directed by Michael. Thin or fat? Thin. Nice. Uh, (laughs) It's written by Michael Crichton. Um, (laughs) So, like, the the whole premise is... uh, uh, Tom Selleck plays a cop named Ramsey, and he's part of the Runaway Squad, and it takes place in the future, and his whole job is to stop runaway robots, the robots that go crazy. So it starts really slow. It's He goes out to a field, and this robot that picks corn is running away, so he has to chase it down. It's kind of zany. 
Um, and then it goes into these robots, get these chips put in them by um, Gene Simmons character uh, named Luther. And it makes them go bad. And so he gets a call that a robot has murdered two people in their house. And now it's it has a... Ha- I'm sorry, are you sure you didn't watch Blade Runner? No. It's, <laughs> Do the robots look like people? No, they're like these big boxes <laughs> that look like Tonka trucks. <laughs> and um, So it's carrying a gun and he has to go in to save a baby. <laughs> what? It's cool. I mean, it, like the 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 robots are really cheese dick. Yeah. But I was actually, sur- <laughs> I was really surprised how great, uh, how cool of a director Michael Crichton is. Like he did a lot of steady cam throughout it. And this is like 1984. Like, yeah. Well, do, it was hot then. He would, he would do shots of um, like Tom Selleck and his partner would be walking up this hill and the camera would be following them around. And, uh, but it wasn't like it was steady. It's like it's handheld. So it had kind of a, not really a gritty feel, but it was, it was fun. I, I like, I enjoyed it for its 1984 cutting edge sci-fi Thing. And they never really specified what year it was in, but they were driving cars from like the 80s and uh, stuff like that. And to hear Tom Selleck say fuck in it was pretty cool. Whoa. It's rated PG-13. There's tons of cussing, tons of violence, and naked chicks. Like actual nudity, not like yeah. from the side. No, like, no. It's a to- chick frontal, totally not topless. Frontal, and it's totally gratuitous because uh, Tom Selleck and his partner tracked down Gene Simmons to a hotel deal about to go down. And uh, so they go into the room next door, and there's this chick who's just naked, putting her hair up. And oh, it was fun. I thought you were gonna say that she was with Gene Simmons, and I was gonna be like, well, that, that wasn't even part of the movie. It's just that Gene no. Simmons always has naked women around him, yeah. and they couldn't get around that, so they. No, I really actually I really kind of like the movie. I mean, it's it's '80s sci-fi kind of B, but it was cool. Like Gene Simmons programmed these spider robots that would attach to people, and they'd poison them with acid. Um, like that's totally cheese dick, but for some reason I liked it. And Gene Simmons had a gun that had heat, uh, heat seeking bullets on it. So they'd program like the name of the person they wanted to kill. Cause everybody gives off a signature heat pattern. And so when he'd shoot it, it would just track those people down. Mm. So it was, you know, so I think everybody should watch runaway. I, I liked it because it, that's crazy. So Harrison Ford gets a, gets Indiana Jones, becomes Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Tom Selleck doesn't get Indiana Jones, does the movie runaways. He does just run away. Oh, run away. Oh, run Just away. Run away. But one, there's one also, word or two. Is it like run away or is it run away? It's run away, one word. Oh, okay. Um but you know, there's even some funny scenes where his uh he talks with his son. Of course his son gets kidnapped by Gene Simmons, but like uh it's just there's cool interplay with him and his son. And I think I think Tom Selleck is actually a really good actor. Oh yeah. Like oh, I, yeah. I can I, I believe him that he's, you know, this cop that um has to fight has boxes. to fight robots that run away. Part of the runaway squad. Um, uh, and Kirstie Alley is like the secretary for the company. <laughs> There's some really cheesy moments in it, but I, I forgive it because I, I kind of like that kind of stuff. In the end, did you find out that Tom Selleck is a robot? Uh, he was not a robot. Oh, maybe maybe that's in the director's cut. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe the extended cut. Yeah, there you go. But he does get acid in his or face, the final but he's cut. able to fight through it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> on both sides of his cheek. Right there, right there. You can't see it, but I'm pointing on my cheek. Does it drip through his face? Uh, it no, it like burns it, and he has like these cuts, and his face turns like black on one side. Oh, that's messed up. Then he goes like, "Do you want to know how I got these scars?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check it out. It's uh, streaming for free on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah, not gonna do so that. So that was, that was fun. You're not gonna do it. I just told you to watch that movie, James. I watch I... every movie you tell me to watch. That's not true. Except I'm never gonna watch one movie you said. I don't know. There are plenty of movies I've told you to watch. And uh, the last thing I watched was Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, 
which is a horror movie that was shot in 2010 but wasn't released until 2011, starring Katie Holmes. Um, is that the Guillermo del Toro yeah. one? Yeah, okay, okay. And it has a lot of his kind of thing. It's basically the a the tooth fairy. Yeah, yeah, a fairy tale of little tooth fairy goblin guys that uh, attack children and um, things. I mean, there's some creepy parts in it. I mean, the movie is okay. Um, is the monster design cool? Uh, yeah. Because that's pretty much why you go to a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought they looked really cool. The problem is, is on Netflix, so it's dark, so it's hard to see. Oh. The the video quality wasn't very good, and that's True. Netflix's fault. I'm sure on Blu-ray it probably looks amazing. But yeah, I mean, the story is really good. The little girl in it, um, fudge, what was her name? Bailey something was really good. Hmm. Because the whole way to the movie is basically depending on this little girl being able to carry, being scared, and not wanting to be there. Uh I just wish it didn't have so many cliches. Um, her father is Guy Pierce, and of course he doesn't believe her. And she doesn't like Katie Holmes' character, who's Kim. It's like her stepmom, so they don't get along it, but her stepmom believes her. And so it's just, you know, some of that hokey stuff. But like yeah. the monsters are really cool. And uh, there's a part where Katie Holmes gets sucked through this, uh, spoilers, gets sucked through this, like, uh, furnace, and her <laughs> knees bend the wrong way Whoa. and gets pulled in. So that's pretty gruesome. Man. Um, so, yeah. And you could watch it if you're bored one night. I bet Tom Cruise is like watching that scene and repeat. Totally. You know? And then he's like running after it, you know, because yeah. Tom Cruise is really intense when he well, runs. Maybe he just has it on a treadmill and he's like. Yeah, he's watching it on his phone <laughs> as he runs. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I watched this week. You should see Runaway. James, what did you watch this week? <laughs> um, oh, I watched. No, I totally forgot something. I'm sorry. Okay. I saw Batman and Robin. <laughs> Um, whoa whoa yeah i was i was at uh work and we were really slow and for some reason we're getting encore at my uh restaurant and one of the movies was batman and robin followed by golden eye so i watched them both and uh the batman and robin it's not good um <laughs> but there's parts that like i don't think the sets are bad in it and i don't think schwarzenegger is the worst part in it no i actually no. think uma thurman's the worst part of it i would agree um because her poison ivy is just annoying or, or that betrayal or that or that version of bane looking oh, at that yeah. version of bane it looks like a balloon offensive to your eyes especially after you know the dark knight rises well yeah so when because bane is supposed to be an intelligent character not just a blunt yeah, instrument yeah it, it was he's not a henchman yeah, exactly. It was really weird watching it again because it seems like they just had a bunch of scenes yeah. that they just cobbled together. And then at the end, they're like, oh, I guess we should have Batman fight Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. Because who is a scientist who uh, wanted to kill Poison Ivy and then she got sucked in the ground? I forget his name, but he was so over the top that it was stupid. Do you know what I equate that movie to? And you probably didn't see this movie, but I did. Uh, the Power Rangers movie, the first one with Doctor Ooze, yeah, 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 I equate I, it to that. Ivanus. Like it's the same, yeah, it's the same level of just like stupid stuff, and like they had some cool ideas for things, and they just threw things together. And I loved it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, but it's nonsense. I, it's I, just, yeah, and honestly, I don't think George Clooney is a bad Bruce Wayne. I don't I either. Think he, I think he has that you know debonair kind of suave guy, but mm-hmm. his Batman is well, he I, put on a mask. Yeah, a big part of it is the. The, the the mask he puts on like that that batman suit does not look cool and doesn't look like mm. a realistic batman suit and so it just looks silly you don't yeah and, it. and chris o'donnell's terrible in it i mean yeah and i like i like chris O'Donnell. I, I think it's a lot to do with the dialogue i mean the scene where poison ivy blows the dust on him and he says two million dollars you lend me the money he's like dude and then batman whips out the batman credit card oh yeah just all the product placement in that yeah, movie is unnecessary 
Uh, so yeah, Uma Thurman shouldn't be in that movie. I just think of Batman Forever and Batman Robin as um, ad- adaptations of the 60s cartoon or mm-hmm. 60s TV show. Sorry. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. It really does. Um, and GoldenEye is still sweet, if you guys have seen that in a oh, while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Bean, I'd never trust that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I saw. That's it. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I saw Dark Knight again. Brad and I both did. I think. Did you see Dark Knight? I did not. Okay. Um, and almost on purpose. Like, Friday, Friday, I texted Brad, and I, I kind of didn't want to go, but we had made plans to go that afternoon, and I was like, hey, you want to go see the movie? And Brad texted me back, and he's like, yeah, we have to show people we're not afraid to go to the mm-hmm. movies. So we did. Um, and it's still really good. Uh, honestly, it, it moves faster than I thought it would a second time around. I thought it was going to be kind of slow, uh, but it's not. Um, I still, you know, that movie's not perfect, and there are a few things. My The, the lasting gripe that I have with it is just the fact that uh, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but there is a part you of which... it last week. Well, yeah, but not. I don't want to. You know, the people listening this week may not have seen it yet. Um, but there is a part in which Gotham is not in the best place. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a period of time, um, and I think that that version of Gotham, that world that they that they create, doesn't. I, I don't think it gets set up very well, and it doesn't feel very believable. But maybe Bane um, pays a city folks to still street sweep. Who knows? I think it, no, no, no. I think it's more <laughs> just a question of like. Um, it gets introduced by montage, and then we're just yeah. supposed to expect, like, believe this new status quo, and that's that's the hard part. But uh, still, awesome, dude, go see that movie. There's, yeah. uh, man, it's not spoilers to say that at some point Bane and Batman fight, and man, when Bane is Twice. punching, oh <laughs> man, oh it's so good. Both the fights with him are awesome. Uh, I also, in I'm I'm getting real close to the end of my David Mamet run. Uh, I watched The Untouchables this week, which you were surprised to hear was a movie that David Mamet wrote. Um, and it doesn't feel, you know... It, How old is David Mamet? Uh, I don't know. I should know that. He has to be an older that. gentleman, right? Um, yeah, I mean, The Untouchables... Proper now. He has to be an older gentleman, correct? Yeah. Uh, not to be disrespectful. No, um, yeah, I don't know. He's been around a while, but uh, anyway, it doesn't feel as much like a David Mamet movie as the other ones I've been watching, just because it doesn't... The dialogue is snappy, but you know he doesn't swear mm-hmm. as much. Uh, but man, that movie is awesome. Like I, I forget how like I said, that's great that Robert story Stack, is. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he's Kevin Ness, right? No, no, no. No, it's, no, no Kevin Costner is. Yeah, is guy, I haven't seen that movie in years. Um, well, you should see it again because dang, it's good. Especially that last sequence. You know, it's hyperbole. There, it's not hyperbole. It's been said at this point, but that movie is really good. Um, and then uh, Black Dynamite, the cartoon show, came back this week. Brad, did you watch it? Did you get a chance uh, that, to see it? No. Okay. Well, it's it's basically episode two of the season. Uh, it was really good. I liked it more than the first one, in fact. Um, nice. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, they, I, I'm almost surprised at what they're able to get away with on that show. I mean, it's Adult Swim, so it's not like it's really a cartoon show. But, I mean, the whole episode is about uh, one of Black Dynamite's friends, or a, a prominent porn star gets killed uh and one of black dynamite's friends becomes a porn star so they can figure out who killed the porn star uh and it, it's got if you remember from the movie there's that scene where they they are sitting around a table and they go through like the most insane path of logic to figure out who the yeah, bad guys yeah. are the chicken and waffles place. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah there's one of those scenes in this one and it's it's just as Is good white uh, Black Dynamite in the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the voice of Black Dynamite. Nice. Uh, it's good. And there, I think there are even a, a few things in this one that were callbacks to the movie. Like there is a there is a scene where he gets mad at a guy who's holding the boom mic uh, mm. and things like that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. It was really watch good. That movie again. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Um, 
And then I, I've been watching a lot of Buffy. Uh, it is still good. And I only want to bring that up because this week's episode of Futurama was awesome. One of my favorite episodes of Futurama. Um, and I bring it up because it means that twice this week I watched a scene where someone peeled a small piece of flesh off of someone else and then ate it. That's not creepy at all, James. <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, yeah. When it happened in Futurama, and I was like, I just watched that episode of Buffy like two nights ago where <laughs> the Willow was partially eaten by a guy. I was like, this is freaky. So if I have parts of me eaten over the next few days, no. <laughs> I think the world's trying to tell you something, James. <laughs> yeah, it's telling me to eat people. I think that's <laughs> what it's telling me. Yikes. Yeah. On that note, Brad, what have you been watching? <laughs> Uh, it's interesting you say that you want to see Black Dynamite again because it's playing this weekend at the Esquire. Is it really? Oh, yeah. man. So I think I'm going to go. Um, at midnight? This week? Like tomorrow? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, tonight and tomorrow, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but as for what I've been watching, I'm Im- I was immersed in Batman this week. Uh, I saw The Dark Knight Rises f- for four times, so three nice. since you last heard me. And uh, yeah, Beat my movie. Spider-Man record. Yeah, and it's going to keep going because I think I have to go to 12 to beat my Dark Knight record. Are you going to try so. to see it 13 times? Yep. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't the remember. The real nerds are impressed. I don't remember if I beat, because my Star Wars Episode One was is 12. I don't know if I did the Dark Knight with that because I think you saw the Dark Knight more than I did. And I was in the theaters? disappointed in myself, yeah. Maybe. I think you're you're battling me at one point. You're like, I'm going to see it more than you. Because <laughs> I, I like this movie more than you. <laughs> I'm like, that's not true. That's not true, you fucking dick. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, and like James was saying, uh, the fourth time, it just, that movie just flies by for two hours and 45 minutes. Like, I never feel like I'm just like, oh my God, how much yeah. longer do we get through this scene? Because there's always something happening. Yeah, there's always something cool happening. It's just amazing. And I feel like the stuff that is a little bit jarring the first time where you're like, wait a second, how'd this happen? Because you know it's going to happen and you understand why uh, it doesn't bother you as much. Yeah, um, you know, sit there nitpicking like... Yeah, exactly. You're just like, okay, well, I know how where it goes, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna go with the flow. And it just, yeah, it allows you to go over for the ride better. Yeah, and uh, I think the, the one I saw with you had a better sound system, so I was able to hear dialogue from characters better. And, yeah. Uh, that helped flesh out some of the story so just yeah if you haven't seen it yet like, for the parts that you weren't asleep for because uh, what, has, what he hasn't shut told up. you is <laughs> what he hasn't told you is we saw it at, at midnight right mm-hmm. and then he got home probably around seven o'clock in the morning uh, it, no no i didn't go oh, home <laughs> he went straight i finished the editing notes. the podcast i was on my way home and i was like I wonder when the next showing is going to be so I can kind of plan how much time I have. And then I saw they had an 8 o'clock showing. <laughs> oh. So I uh, didn't make that when I went to the 9 o'clock one. <laughs> and then, yeah, I saw that. Then I got bombarded with the whole tweet stuff. Well, but you edited the podcast in there. so you Before I went to that 9 o'clock show. Right. So you went home, edited no, the no, podcast. I didn't go home. He stayed here with me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I stayed here, edited the podcast. Yeah. Then I went to the post office. Then I went to see the movie. And then I got out, answered a bunch of tweets. And then you contacted me. I was like, well, I'm not going to go home for two hours and then come all the way back out to Denver West. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just stay in Denver West <laughs> until you showed up. Oh, and man. Saw for my third time. And on Monday, I saw the fourth showing at the Greenwood Village, which was packed. And also the first time he was awake since Friday evening. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't. That's crazy. After I saw the movie with you, James, I came over and did some stuff with Ryan pertaining to the podcast Ooh. so uh yeah i was up for a 
long two days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm training for the 40-hour film festival. That's film what project. it is. That's what it is. Getting my immune system up. Anyway, that's total deviation. So Dark Knight Rises, go see it. It's awesome. Uh, then I rewatched the 1989 Batman. Ah. And despite Ryan's reservations towards that movie, I think it's still a very fun, entertaining movie, especially like in a world where if you didn't have Chris Nolan's movies and you didn't have any access to the comics like it's still just a good movie well yeah. I, I mean there's still parts in it i like i, I still like the uh the beginning where he you know batman he doesn't know where he's at and he's like who are you i'm batman yeah that part's still badass and i love the diet uh coke commercial before the on the vhs before the, yeah. the batman movie <laughs> anybody else and the donald that? duck warner brothers ball cap ad. oh yeah yeah you can't watch warner brothers movie without warner brothers ball cap <laughs> i still think that uh I still think that the Waltz of Death is one of the greatest moments in like movie music, uh, which is probably hyperbole, but I still love that song and that scene. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, that scene's really good. I mean, yeah. there's moments in that movie that are really good. Just some of it really irritates the hell out of me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't like that they made the Joker responsible for Bruce Wayne's parents being dead. Yeah, um, we gotta understand like they're making a movie that they don't think is gonna yeah, go yeah, yeah. create a franchise. Right. No, it's no, I like, understand that. Let's pack everything we can into one tight single like definitive Batman movie. Yeah. No, I understand and, that part yeah. too. Um Yeah. We gotta make it personal, so And I mean yeah. even I, I still I mean there's just moments that are really iconic in that movie I like. Um uh, the rest some of the movie I can't stand. I, I do like um when uh Jack Nicholson's Joker finds out that he's the Joker and there's nothing else he can um do about it and he starts laughing and he breaks that mirror I think that part's really cool. And when he shoots Jack Palance's character and he's dancing and shooting, I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like when Batman um, crashes through the ceiling of the museum and then I don't think you can see the, the, the strings holding him. That's his string. Like, that's Batman's string. I so. don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then they reveal the bat, like the cool Batmobile and yeah. there's that whole chase thing. And uh, one of the things that I like better about Tim Burton's Batman than Chris Nolan's is that he, Tim Burton actually treats Gotham City like a character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, his Gotham City feels more true to the comics than Chris Nolan's. Like, Chris Nolan's just, it's too real. Yeah, it's Chicago. So, yeah, it's like, yeah. Batman Begins, because of the Narrows, feels a little closer to, like, it being a comic yeah. book movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, again, pertaining to the style of the movie they're making, they're very appropriate, so. Um, yeah. Uh, that's Anything <laughs> else? <has>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are going to say something. Uh, nope. So, yeah. 1989 Batman, and then um, I also watched uh, Batman Year One, the animated. Oh yeah, Batman feature. And Is it good? Uh, I was surprised watching it how much I forgot about the actual graphic novel because I was sitting there going like, I don't remember any of this. Um, and then when I actually opened up the graphic novel and looked through, I was like, Wow, this is incredibly accurate to all these frames in this in this book. Um, and Brian Cranston uh, voices Jim Gordon in it, mm. uh, which is awesome. Um, He's in everything. I forgot how much of it. It's it's not so much like Batman story year one. It's more Jim Gordon's year one story oh. and how he was dealing with the Batman, which is a, a cool take on that story. And yeah, the animation is fantastic. I, That's the one thing DC does way better than Marvel is the animated movies. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very high quality. I, I really want to see Under the Red Hood because I was listening to oh. Fat Man on Batman with uh, Mark Hamill and he was talking about how cool it was. And I mean, if you haven't listened to the Mark Hamill interviews on fat man on Batman, you should listen to him because he's amazing. Under the red hood is great. I, I believe it's on Netflix and it's streaming. Um, uh, no, I looked the other day. Oh, they, oh they, well, it, it was, it, off, it was yeah. the last time I saw it. 
Um, I, really I do good. love that story. Um, is it, I guess I, I the only thing I was curious about it is it the Joker story or is it the Jason Todd returning under the Red Hood story? I don't want to tell you. Oh, you're gonna make me watch it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? You know one of those comics with Jason Todd returns is worth tons of money because it was so underordered. Oh yeah, I think it's six forty one Batman of Batman, not de- Detective. Yeah, it's where he's gonna take off the Red Hood. Is the cover? If I remember. oh oh, I think I have that. <laughs> Sweet. If I remember correctly, that movie actually teases you back and forth about which story they're gonna do. Oh, so cool. that's kind of why I'm, if I remember right. Because I knew that that was that there were two versions of that. So anyway, because he was talking about uh, Mark Hamill on that podcast was talking about Joe DiMaggio doing the Joker, and he did it differently. He said he liked it. So it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah. So watched a bunch of Batman, and then just kind of on a lighter note, um, I watched Big Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> the Adam Sandler comedy from like 1999. Well, I and I forgot it. like how well, it was on Netflix, mm. and I just needed something. I was like, I haven't I seen this since I saw it like four times in high school. Um, and I forgot how populated with people who are like kind of big stars now, mm-hmm. like a J- Judd Apatow's wife plays yep. John Stewart's Leslie man, fiance in, um, and John, still John Stewart's cute. in it is like a main character. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cute movie. Yeah. It's funny. I know. Not as funny as I remembered it, but, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the whole movie. Yeah, I have a lot on uh, Netflix this week. I'm going to be watching Abbott and Costello <laughs> and the Beanstalk and Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy. So <laughs> those are going to be my light movies for the week. I'm kind of excited. I'm going to watch The Spanish Prisoner because I got a nice. used DVD. Oh, you got it? Yeah, it came in the mail today. Finally. Man, that movie you is have hard to, let me to borrow that because you, you oh, talk so highly of it. It better oh, be I good will. or I'm going to be pissed. It's going to be in, it, you know, it, if it is as good as I remember, it's going to be in my top five. I, I didn't know Steve Martin was in it. I was looking at yeah. the cover of it. Interesting. It's one of the few movies he's, he was ever in before he started making movies. So this week we saw The Watch. I meant to say serious movies. Brad, should people go see The Watch? I think they should. It's pretty funny. James? people go see the watch uh i would say rent it right now there's a lot of good movies out to see so um it's good but actually can i amend my thing oh fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like in a world where the dark knight rises out right now like one before we were going to this like not to disparage the watch too much but i kind of wish we were still like going back to see <laughs> the dark knight rises because you know it's well, out and or even like you know ted is still in theater there are funnier Movies, better comedies in theaters right now. Right. Um, this one is okay. But if you want to see something new, and this I w- isn't too bad. And I will say, I'll answer the tweet from earlier, it is not better than Attack the Block. Not even close. Um, but it's a different movie tonally, so I, it's kind of yeah. hard to compare them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hey, here's a trailer. I think there's a Red Band one. You should you know, try to find it because it's funny. I'll see what I can do. Right on. You're usually pretty good at that. If you don't find it this time, I'm going to fucking punch you. <laughs> <laughs> There is an alien invasion happening. They're among us. Any one of these people could be an alien. Check her out. It's like she's studying some new discovery. Some bizarre human circle fruit. Should I put it in my flavor snout? Look at this piece of shit over here. That alien hasn't learned how to eat properly yet. He's so primitive. So dangerous. Motherfucker. That's the kid that's all over Chelsea's Facebook page. 
Magnums, there's no way your dick's hey, that hey, big. Hey, hey, hey. Some people's dicks are that big. He's right, they're a big seller. Other people have big dicks, Bobby. Swear to God, I'm gonna rip his dick off. You need two hands, Bobby. All right, watch. Now it gets real. We're not gonna let Glenview become ground zero for an alien invasion. We can't trust anyone. What are you doing in my yard? We're the neighborhood watch. We're just wondering if you heard anything strange. Why don't you just shut your cocksucker there, dickweed? Nice to meet you. Fuck you, Curly. Why do you want us off his property? There's something we gotta figure out. Either we dress Franklin up as a girl, he goes to the door. I'm not gonna go past second with this old guy, but if I have to, I will. I will use both hands, I won't use a mouth. He may use his hands and may not use his mouth. Well, I think you gotta make it all go down before you get Here's the issue. Worst case scenario, you're getting fucked in the ass. Either way, we're gonna find out who this old man is. Either way, we're gonna get involved in this guy's life. Can I tell you something? That could work. What the fuck? Feels like cum. Ew. Oh, I dare anyone to touch it and tell me it doesn't feel like cum. Yeah, that's cum. Oh, it's green. It's not cum, but I'm saying it's a cum. It feels like cum. The texture, the flavor, the consistency. It's very cum-like. Hey, guys, stop talking about cum for a second. I found something. Nobody touches this ball until we figure out what it is. Jesus! That's oh, terrible for the cow, but this thing's fucking awesome. Oh my god, that's so aggressive of you. <laughs> so the watch is man, I don't It's funny. You know, there there's parts of it that really work really well, and there's parts where it kind of drags a little bit. I think, um, if you'll allow me a second, I think that this movie is a piss-poor script that someone threw away, and then, because they needed paper, they got it out of the trash and wrote a good script on the back and turned (laughs) that in, and they were like, we need to make this movie, and then accidentally flipped it over and accidentally made the wrong movie. Because this script is awful. The only good, like, this movie is good in spite of itself. You know, like, the the actors and and a little bit of, like, improv that they do is what makes it really good, like the way that they will deliver these lines. But every time that they go into like character moments and they try to have like, oh, this is the scene where the watch breaks up and they're not friends anymore. <laughs> it's so poorly written and like there's but no setup at all. It was so funny though when Jonah Hill was trying to decide between Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn. Yes. I yeah. Yeah. Really no, funny. no, that was. But like everything, all the stuff that yeah. feels like it was the written part you know is funny? so stilted and garbage. Is you just described exactly what happened with that script. That script was written a while ago, and um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg got it, and then they wrote it, made it funny. Oh. So that's why there's three names on it, and that first one is the original guy. And yep. then, yeah. <laughs> I read that just before we uh, went to the movie. So is it the first guy's name, and then and spelled mm-hmm. out, and then Seth Gordon am- ampersand uh, Evan, Evan Goldberg? Evan Goldberg yeah. That's the way it has to be, yeah. So, yeah, th- there is some. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, th- you're. you're I agree 100%. There's parts in it where, you know, they have a him and Vince Vaughn have a like a heart to heart on the bench, and it seems really boring. But then yeah. when um, Vince Vaughn says a line like "You're dead jizz," I mean that's pretty funny. <laughs> right, exactly. Like uh, it's these it's these little things that get thrown in that that's what makes you laugh. You know, actually, one of my favorite parts in the movie is when they're trying to figure out how to infiltrate uh, Arlie <laughs> Emery's uh, home. 
and they talk about dressing up Jonah Hill as a woman, and you don't know where it's going, and they just keep on adding on to it, and Jonah Hill is totally on board with dressing up as a woman, and he's describing how, how far, far he's going to go, and he's like, I'll go to second base. Okay, maybe uh, you, you you might have to get fucked in the ass. He's like, okay, I'm willing to do that. <laughs> you can tell those parts, they just keep on going, and yeah. uh, the camera just kept on going, yeah. and that's all they did. But I, I also think sometimes, too, one of the biggest problems with Vince Vaughn in movies is he doesn't know when to stop mm. and they keep on letting him go. Yeah. Cause you can always tell when he's just riffing and he's just being, Oh, I'm Vince Vaughn and I'm going to, you know, keep on talking about the tiger and fire and wings. And when it, you know, you don't need to go. The joke's already landed. Oh, yeah. Well, and that it's another thing where it suffers from a lot of the funniest jokes in this movie are in the trailer. And we saw the trailer a billion times, you know, like the joke where they're shooting the alien over and over again. I laughed at that so hard the first time I saw it. Didn't laugh for a second this time. Well, I laughed this when he ran by it and shot it a couple times. Yeah, again. that one was good. That one was good. And I but, will say, too, it's cool seeing the aliens being a practical man in a suit. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, was, except for when they're doing their jumping yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there was CG stuff, but it was puppetry. Yeah, was cool. I mean, but the, the aliens were really cool, Yeah, I thought. Anyways. Especially that scene where they meet it in the bush. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's the thing, too, with Ben Stiller, is I think his movies are more uh, are funnier when he he plays a guy who's kind of has a screw loose. Yeah. And he doesn't, um, like, his character is so dumb in the movies that it's really funny, like Dodgeball, Zoolander, where his character is so idiotic. And I, I think he's funnier that way. I don't like him as much when he plays a straight guy. Yeah. Um, and this one, he's just kind of playing a douchebag uh, straight guy. And I was talking to Brad as well, and Will Forte is in so many movies this year where he yeah. plays a douchebag with a mustache. <laughs> That's like his new character. And he was awesome. Oh, but the same thing, I like, love if Will anybody Forte. else played that part, it would have just been annoying. But he, he does it, and he does that like, I don't even know how to describe. <laughs> but see, you know, even little kind of things where he's off camera at the end, spoilers, where they blow up the Costco, and uh, his... His uh, Ben Stiller's wife is behind the cop car with Will Forte. He's like, oh, my God, your husband, he's fucking dead. I know it. You know, <laughs> you just got to turn the corner and find somebody new. I'm single, you know, you'll be single. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. That, I love uh, Will Forte. He's one of my favorite douchebag characters. I'm trying to remember all the movies in this year. I know he's he was in That's My Boy, Tim and Eric, this one, and he's basically the same guy. Was he in um, Casa de Mi Padre? He is in Casa de Mi Padre, too. <laughs> But yeah, he's he's kind of the go-to. Uh, look at me, I'm a I'm a douchebag with a mustache. You shit. Oh, well, he's in Rock of Ages too. Oh, he's in Rock yeah. of Ages. He's a he's a reporter in Rock of Ages. Yeah. Oh man, oh, man, Will Forte. You know, he's also in MacGruber. You should see MacGruber. That movie's awesome. Yep. But I still think, like, like tonally, you know, this movie is kind of. I don't think it always knows what it wants to be, especially in that first like twenty minutes or yeah. so. When there's all this, like, for, well, first of all, let me just tell you, um, there are not security guards at Costco, and at <laughs> night, the we lights don't... We work at Sam's Club. I, yeah, but they do things <laughs> the same way we do. At night, they don't turn all the lights off. They There's a whole crew of people stocking Costco at night, so it's just impractical. I'm just going to say. Anyway. <laughs> um, like Brandon before Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That took you out of the movie? You're like, we don't do that at my place. That's bullshit. <laughs> this guy would not be able to smoke weed and watch... Denise Richards get out of a pool in Wild Things. That was pretty great. The fact that Wild Things was in the movie. Yeah, yeah Denise Richards, you get out of that pool. <laughs> or he's a forklift to set a chair. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. Um, 
Uh, but like the fact that it starts off, I thought this movie was going to, you know, start off and it's these, we get to know these characters and they set up a, a neighborhood watch and then all of a sudden, like they stumble upon aliens, but it's aliens right from the beginning. Like yeah. the first, like that long sequence in the, in the Costco at night is really boring for basically a, uh Oh, this guy got eaten by an alien scene. Um, and it's that kind of stuff where it's like, what? It just feels like they, they, they punched up the comedy in the script, but they didn't look at the the actual plot points of the script mm-hmm. like like when big spoilers but when um uh the black friend um whoa why what's can't his it just name? be Jamarcus <laughs> Jamarcus well, no no because <laughs> so articulate one of my favorite <laughs> oh gosh you didn't just say that uh one of my favorite jokes in the movie is when Jamarcus first shows up and the way that Ben Siller because Ben Siller's already told us like I don't have any black friends but I'm in the market for one <laughs> yeah and Jamarcus shows up and he's like oh I'm so glad and you're the best kind of person who could have showed up to be in the watch yeah. and like that's oh, oh, kind gosh. of Ben Stiller I like where he's kind yeah. of weird you know? yeah that was so good but like the the scene where we find out that that guy's an alien is so there's like it's it's obviously there for exposition purposes and just to move things along yeah and and has. You know, so little to do with the actual story. Well, I feel um, like the movie had the tone where it's like they know that they've found a crummy way to address this plot point, so they kind of embrace the shittiness of it. Yeah, but I don't think that it was funny enough or self-aware enough before that for that to play right. Um, I mean, I was sitting there going like, "Oh God, you got to be kidding me!" Like, uh, yeah, this is how you're gonna. Just... <laughs> but at the same point, like then there would be jokes or th- uh, that were great that you would love, or there would be... <laughs> Will Forte tries to put his partner's heart back in him after he oh, gets her ripped out. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember. Or, or how awesome the shot is when the aliens are all running past the... Th- oh, oh no, the scene when they, they get to the thing that's supposed to send the signal, and the guy who's an alien shows up, and they're asking him, and he's just like, I don't know, like, that part looks important, because, like, it's lighting <laughs> up up there. Like, him describing the thing that's going on. Do you on, know how your cell phone so works? <laughs> yeah. Uh. I think my favorite part was when uh, they go to Franklin's house, and they have that slow-mo walk up to Franklin's door, <laughs> and he just kicks in the door, and then yes. flips off his mom in slow motion, <laughs> and they go get the guns. Yeah, Jonah Hill was pretty good in this movie. He's kind of yeah. uh, unhinged. Yeah, he's, he's not a, a normal crazy. Jonah Hill character, no. not at all. Uh, and all of all of the nicknames for him were great. Yep. Yeah, but no, <laughs> it's it's a hard movie to recommend. It is. I think renting it's probably a good way to recommend yeah. it. Yeah. If it ever comes to Netflix and you're bored, yeah. Watch or it. if there's an unrated version, maybe there's you know a bunch boobs. of other stuff that was maybe there's out. more boobs. Maybe yeah. But yeah, it's weird. I actually knew. Th- I mean, I haven't seen it, but I knew it was going to be an orgy and stuff. And oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I had a feeling that English guy was an alien too. English. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't say the black guy like you, James. <laughs> yeah, he does have a different identity. Uh, Laura said. Laura says all tall. the aliens were tall, so that's how you knew which ones were aliens. Well, oh, but, yeah, um, I guess that's right. Good wife. job, Laura. Finding something different. I know she week. always does that. Good job, honey. But uh, what's his name? The guy from across the street who ran the orgy. He was taller than Ben. Stiller. Well, I guess everybody's taller than Ben Stiller. <laughs> He was. That's true. Good job, Lori. So, yes, so proud of her. Everyone was tall. But I would say if you know, if you had to go see a movie, it wouldn't be the worst one to choose. No. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah. I think it's a pretty entertaining. So it was. There was parts. I have to kind of watch it again because a lot of the lines kind of just slipped in there. Um, All the ad libbing is so fast; like it's hard to nail down. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just remembering I'm flipping off his mom. I <laughs> forgot about that part. Yeah, that was so good. Uh. Anyways, uh, again, you can find us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Like us, you'll get updates from us. You can also follow us on Twitter, Real underscore Nerds. You can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can phone us at... 720-663-7375. And you can email... Uh, oh, I already said the email part. Go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Let us know what you think about movies, because that's always fun. Or tell hear. us how much this podcast sucks. Yeah, you can tell us how much it sucks. It's okay. We don't mind. Absolutely not. What are we seeing next week, Ryan? Next week, we are seeing Total Recall. Well, you guys are. I'll be. Yeah, you're you'll be gone. You're what else is coming out next? Something else comes out next week, doesn't it? Mm, I yes. might see two movies next week. I don't think Total it's something Recall you want to see. And um, Driving Miss Daisy two. Oh, dude, I would totally see Driving <laughs> Miss Daisy two. That's I the one. That's where Miss when, Daisy two. Uh, my Morgan Freeman is terrible. No, that's the one where Miss Daisy goes on a killing spree. Um, <laughs> Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days. Oh yeah, comes out next week. Uh, oh, is it Celeste and Something Forever? Is it the Andy Samberg one? Uh, what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse and Celeste. I forget what it's called. Uh, Celeste and Jesse forever. Uh, I got it backwards. Um, but that's limited. It may not be near here. It the Baby be. Makers with Olivia Munn, my favorite person. Oh yeah. Um, originally, Born Legacy was supposed to come out this week, but it's not. So that's okay. Because next week I can see Born Legacy and the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, bye. Bye.